Hi, and welcome to Fed Talks. I'm your host, EJ. How is everybody? Hope you're enjoying your end of February. Look at that, the year's just trucking by. I cannot believe that's how I started. I've, I've reached the age where I just commenting on the date or weather counts as a conversational gambit. Uh, really, hope everybody's doing good. Uh, this is episode 101. Breaking off a new hundo, as they always say on Comedy Bang Bang. Um, well, I guess they, they say it on episodes after the 100th episode. They don't constantly say it on every episode. That would be weird. Um, Gotta be honest with you, I sat down without much to say, without much in mind to say, uh, but I'm on kind of a tight schedule tonight, so I either record now or, or who knows when. And when I say who knows when, I mean, you know, tomorrow, but I'm trying to be more consistent on getting these done Tuesday night. Or at least released Tuesday night. I suppose I could record them ahead of time. Uh, that would maybe give me a chance to rethink things I say. But that way lies madness. Editing is for cowards. This is just this is just straight up EJ. And for that I can only apologize. Uh, I had kind of the thought I was going to do another recommendations episode, but I have not seen a lot of new stuff lately. Um, I'm playing catch-up on a lot of TV. Uh, um, I even got behind on Last of Us. Uh, still enjoying... Uh, uh, damn it, Poker Face, I think, is great. Um, I don't think we've talked about Paul T. Goldman since it wrapped up. That's terrific. I'm watching it with my friends now. Uh, it's been vetted by me, so now they, they will watch it. Um, uh, Brad and Becky watched Kunk on Earth. Uh, possibly because I recommended it. Possibly because... Uh, somebody else did I'd like to take credit for it but that show is it's my god it's so funny it's just I wonder she did another one uh, I think it's called Kunk on Britain and I don't know if that is available for us Americans to watch I should not say us Americans I don't know where you are uh, I don't know if it's available for me Americans to watch um, that's probably something I should have should have looked up and yet I failed uh, like I said short uh, short time span here uh, bah, 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 bah. so yeah I don't really have a new uh, I haven't seen a lot of, of new things yet you know let's talk a little bit about Ant-Man uh, Ant-Man 3 aka Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania um, I, I did an episode of my cousin's podcast, The Fool's Gold Variety Hour, and that is, uh, uh, it was almost entirely about Ant-Man with a little bit about Hellboy, so obviously very much on, on task for me. Uh, uh, but I don't think that episode has come out yet, so without just reiterating everything I, I talked about there 
Uh, and of the three people talking, I was the one who liked it the most. But of most gatherings of three people, I am the one who like, likes Ant-Man the most. Uh, you know, I thought it was great. I know people were kind of down on it. And uh, look, part of it is if you're not watching all the Marvel stuff, you know, if you're just there for Ant-Man, it's probably a bummer that it's not, you know, another fun heist movie with his family and uh, uh, Michael Pena explaining events to you. And that is a bummer because that's, you know, that was one of the small scale, few small scale pockets left in the Marvel stuff. But um, once you put that aside uh, for what it actually is, it's great. It's a, and, 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 and here's the thing, you, after a certain point, it's hard to do small scale stories once everybody has met everybody else and, you know, Ant-Man got really big and punched space whales and, and, uh, uh, you traveled through time and helped get rid of Thanos and it's a little harder to go well he's got to deal with corporate sabotage now it's uh it's the same thing Batman comics have been running into for a long time in that he's you know if you go over to to, to Justice League or you know some of the event series he's he's seen the beginning and end of the universe multiple times and then every month they still have to be like oh, Jesus guys with the deadly umbrellas is really getting is really what, what am I going to do about that guy? <laughs> Not acknowledging that more than once you have literally looked in the face of God. Um, you know, and that just happens. But you, you still get some nice uh, nice stuff of uh, Scott Lang hanging out in San Francisco and being a local hero. Um, I'm not going to spoil There's a joke that made me laugh very hard. Uh, besides sort of friend of the show Ruben Rabasa from I Think You Should Leave showing up. Uh, he is, of course, a sort of friend of the show because he he said that uh, one of our sponsor, Teas, Teas by Summer's mugs with the car blueprint was a, was a very good mug. Unsolicited on Instagram, he said that. So any friend of Teas by Summer is a friend of mine and a friend of this podcast. It would be weird if the friends of, my, of the podcast and friends of mine were a different group like if I had like like a like a guest who kept coming back and I just did not care for them in person in as a person and be like yeah they're a friend of the pod they're not a friend of mine ooh no uh, now I'm gonna try to create that situation you will have to guess which guest which upcoming guest I don't truly care for but there you know once you once you get Ant Man into the the crazy world of the the quantum realm it's Honestly, it's super fun. I have, again, Michael Pena and Judy Greer aren't in it, but beyond that, I, I have no complaints. I had a I had a great time. I think it does a fantastic job of setting up a setting up the new big threat, while also, you know, right up to the post credit scene, it's having a satisfying resolution in its own right. Um, it it's it's fun to see the the extended ant family in this different setting. Uh. Michelle Pfeiffer gets a lot to do in this one, and she's great. Always been great. You're never gonna you're never gonna have a bad time with Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, Jonathan Majors as uh, as Kang is he's 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 really good. Like he he might be too good of an actor to do superhero stuff. He's got so much. It's like Dan, It's like if Daniel Day Lewis played the Riddler. It's 
And I have the utmost respect for superhero material. It's just there is a gravity to it that is 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 shocking. Um, and there there's a where he's he's just fighting Ant Man hand to hand, and this is a you know a franchise where we've seen the Hulk and him hitting Paul Rudd still looks like the hardest punch that's ever been thrown in a Marvel movie. Um, I think he maybe did this right before Creed three, so he is in, dude is in shape. Um, and I, I you know, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil anything, but uh, uh, Modok is I absolutely love their take on Modok, and I know there's pictures of it getting passed around as example of bad visual effects, but I actually think it's. It's perfect for what Modoc is, which is a giant floating head with stunted limbs. And he either has to look grotesque or or silly. And they went with silly so to give him personality and sort of a connection to the story. And every time Modoc is on screen, I was absolutely delighted. He is they 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 made him dangerous, but also also sad and funny, which is kind of the two modes of Modoc over the last 30 years. Uh, yes, I know Modoc's been around longer than that, but it wasn't until the 90s, early 2000s when they really embraced how silly he could be. Uh, loved it. I had, I had a good time. In fact, I saw it opening night and then last weekend. I was going to see Cocaine Bear, but I heard it was gross, and sometimes I can't deal with that, and I, I had a bad week, and I was sad, and I if I went to a movie and I didn't like it, that was just going to really be a bummer. So I just saw Ant-Man again because I know I, I knew I would enjoy my, my good friend Scott Lang. I saw it a second time. had a great time. Uh, William Jackson Harper, Cheaty from The Good Place, is in it just a little bit, but every line of his is, is really funny. Like, you will be, you will be psyched to see him. Uh, and here's a fun fact. Uh, David Dasmelshin, who is uh, he he's part of Ant-Man's crew in the other movies. The he plays the Russian, the Russian guy who's afraid of the Baba Yaga. That character is not in it, but David Dasmelshin does the voice of a of an alien. So he's two different friends of Ant-Man. He is also um, well, he's the, he's Polka Dot Man in the Suicide Squad. He was Abracadabra on the DC TV shows. Um, I think there might be another one I'm forgetting. He was always oh, the voice of Calendar Man in a Batman animated thing. But he works, he's worked for two different Jokers. He's in both the Dark Knight and Gotham. So he, he henches for two different Jokers and he's two different friends of Ant-Man. That is a, that is a, that's an intense superhero career right there. I like him. He's, he's great. I'm glad he at least got to do a, do a super memorable character, actually. The aliens are really fun. I had a great time. The, there, there wasn't as much mileage from uh, Ant-Man being very tiny and having antics because of kind of the scale of things, but everything he does when he's big is great. And there is a scene where Ant-Man behaves like an ant colony that I thought was really, really well done and clever. Look, it's two thumbs up for me. Obviously, you put out an Ant-Man movie, and I, I'm stoked, but I, I really, I, I loved it. I had a great time. Uh, 
and it was not as it was not sad like I was expecting. Uh, I think they're saving all that for Guardians of the Galaxy three in a couple months, um, and I'm looking to just get wrecked. So we'll check in we'll check in on that later. Uh, hey, how about if I talk about a movie I did see? It's a new one. It's an Amazon Prime original. I think they just call it an Amazon original. I think now they only mention like you still get the subscription when you get the the when you get the prime account but i don't think the like the app identifies it as amazon prime it just says amazon video you couldn't possibly care about this distinction but i'm hyper focused on it for some reason uh it's a it's a movie it came out a couple weeks ago it's called somebody i used to know and it stars uh i almost said friend of the podcast but that is not at all true not at all true yet we're up over 100 episodes sky's the limit uh, Alison Brie, it is directed by her husband, Dave Franco, and they wrote it together. And you know what? I got a lot to say, actually. Uh, and now one thing I've said multiple times on here, if you if you follow Fed Talks lore, is, is, is that I don't really have celebrity crushes anymore because my real-life crush is farther out of my league than the celebrities. But... Uh, uh, yeah, I still got got little hearts in my eyes for Alison Brie, but I also she's like she's 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 super talented. Like I, I'm obviously it's I'm obviously pro pro Alison because she was in Community and Mad Men, which are two of my favorite shows of all time. And Glow is right up there, but she's she's amazing in those shows. She should have gotten an Emmy for Glow, and she didn't because the world is broken. And uh, she's now has four movies in the last couple of years that she starred in, stars in, and co-wrote. Uh, she did Horse Girl and uh, this year's or last year's Spin Me Round with uh, Jeff Baina, I think is how you pronounce his name. I might have his last name wrong, so that might not be at all how it's pronounced because it might have different letters in it. And uh, then with uh, with uh, Franco, she did this, and I think early quarantine they had kind of a horror movie come out called The Resort, but that was only ever on VOD that I saw. And um, once I start paying for individual video on demand movies, there would be no turning back. And also, I get scared, so I have not seen that. And maybe I made it up. Again, I am. I'm recording this one on a tight time frame. I have no ability to fact check myself. And uh, that honestly doesn't seem like something I would do even on a good day. Uh, but like anytime you hear that an actor has co-written something, I don't know about you. I always give it a little bit of a, a little bit. Of, yeah, sure. They did. You know, it seems like a contractual thing or, Liam Neeson said, I don't know, I think my character should be wearing a vest in this. And that's maybe not fair, but I suspect there are probably a lot of things with with uh, actors' names as co-writers where, where their collaborator would tell you, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, and, and, you know, any collaboration, you never really know how, you know, does did they plot it together and one person wrote the dialogue? You know, there's a lot of ways you can do it. Uh, 
when I used to co-write stuff with Mindy for for Spunky Beans, sometimes we'd be in a, the, a Google document at the same time, just writing different paragraphs, which was an insane way to work now that I think about it. Um, but from the having seen three of the four movies, there's there's some sort of like thematic similarities that uh, with with two different co-writers that make me think she's pretty heavily involved in the writing process. And all the uh, horse girls spin me around and now somebody I used to know are all they're they're good and they're interesting and they're like none of them are a complete uh, uh, 10 out of 10 masterpiece. But I think the the reason they don't quite land there is more that there are too many things as opposed to a, a lack of ambition. Like Spin Me Round is starts kind of as a straight up rom com, and then it gets a mystery element into it, and then sort of goes into absurdist action, and just a million things happen. And like the, it maybe could have just worked as sort of the romantic comedy travelogue, but I'm I'm I like it better for having taken some wild swings over the course of its runtime. But. That also makes it a little harder to say to people, definitely, yeah, definitely watch this one. It's great. I love it. It's weird. And uh, Horse Girl, I think, is... Horse Girl's one I really struggled with because it's it's so ambiguous. Like, at the end, and this is not even a spoiler because this won't make sense to you if you haven't seen it and you won't remember it if you watch it now. Like, it is not super clear to me if if there are aliens or if she's the reincarnation of her grandmother or if it's a psychotic break, uh, you just you just can't tell. But there's also a lot of ideas in it and I think about it a lot. Uh, which again is better than having a resolution that I understood and never occurring to me again. It's super ambitious. It's... Uh, um, and, and this is a little more... A little more standard plot-wise. She goes goes back home to see her parents, runs into an ex who's about to get married. Uh, but the like the the character work in it is real. I keep saying interesting, and I know that doesn't that doesn't sound like a compliment. It sounds like what you what you tell somebody when you can't think of something good to say about what they did. It's it's interesting, but there's a little more. I don't know. It, it's got these very, very well realized characters, and there, there's who who kind of come into view despite not spending that much time with most of them. But you still, like you you get them quickly. And there's this weird sort of small town wistfulness to it, and uh, like like her character is is not necessarily the hero like some people by the end of the movie are pissed that she was involved with events and it's hard to point to anything she actually did wrong but a lot of times it's like yeah no you just you just shouldn't be there right now this this isn't this isn't your place to be um but it's i think more so than than well, definitely horse girl which is a somewhat abrasive movie and uh more than more than spin me around i think it's the the most the most pleasant as a as a watch 
you know, there's not weird tonal whiplash, which again, I'm not saying is a negative thing. I, I like that she and her co-writers are doing genuinely wild ideas and uh, um, not trying to stick to a genre or even make it especially marketable, if we're being honest. Um, and now that I think about it, all of them have come out through different outlets. There was Netflix, Apple, uh, Amazon, and the, the VOD ones. So, you know, definitely not... <laughs> I don't know. That, that seems to me that there's no overall deal in place, and these are all kind of passion projects. But, I don't know. I watched it, and I've been... It's 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 basically pleasant. It's it's funny when it needs to be funny. Uh, Danny Pudi from Community is in it, and it's very fun to see them together again. Uh, Haley Joel Osment's got a couple scenes in it, and he's super funny. I I I liked it, and I keep thinking about it. Like the the character work is really interesting, and um. I wish there was more to it where I could be a little more effusive, but it's one that's just kind of, it seems fairly straightforward, but it keeps, it keeps sitting with me that it made some in that interesting choices were made. And I feel like I'm, uh, all, all three of them, I'm, I'm going to be thinking about, uh, more than you would expect. So good job, Allison. Um, uh, and I'm trying to come up with a good way to say it. Uh, most of the third act of the movie is probably going to win an Oscar for most distracting cleavage. Um, and the 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 very last scene. Uh, you know how in the old days you would rent you'd rent a movie and if there was like a like a nude scene or a sexy scene sometimes the tape would be like worn down there because of all the other perverts who rented it and just rewound or paused to do their filthy business ah you remember if you are above if you're more than 30 you've definitely had that happen or you'd borrow a, a movie from somebody and it would be worn down it'd be like oh god now I've now that picture's in my head. The last scene of this movie, I don't know how it happened. It's worn, it's worn down on Amazon. Like, like streaming just wore it down to a nub. Um, that joke didn't work as well as I thought. It is not, in fact, damaged on the digital copy, but it is... Um, boy, you know what? This, it's not... No, nobody, nobody is comfortable when I when I say something horny. Nobody likes that. Nobody wants that. So I, 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 I I'm gonna say nothing. I, I've already said a lot though. Oh, there's no way to get out of this. I'm never gonna talk about somebody I find attractive again. I, I'm bad at it and I get uncomfortable. Ugh. Man, I need to watch something. I need to watch another thing now, just so I can, just so I can shift topics. Hey. How about this? This is a thing I've been watching, uh, and it is not new. But if you if you listen to the uh, best of twenty twenty two special episode with with friend of the pod Haley, she was talking about Taskmaster, which is sort of a a British competition where competi- c- comedians that's comedians who compete. It's a good. 
portmanteau and I'm sticking with it. Compedians uh, work on absurd tasks. You know, anything from, you know, uh, move this ball as far as you can. You can't touch the ground. Uh, that's not really a real one. There are other stipulations. I screwed it up. But, uh, you know, just it can be just a, a basic thing. Blow the biggest balloon you can. Or it can be a really weird, very specific set of circumstances with, with weird restrictions. And these 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 British comedians all do do these tasks and it is it is the funniest thing uh, either because they take a very literal approach and do badly or you get somebody who has a really thinks outside the box for you know what in Dungeons and Dragons they'd call a rules lawyer you know find some find some uh, uh, loophole to to up their score it's 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 so fun it's uh every season the seasons are seven or eight episodes usually uh there's there's 12 seasons on youtube for free and then some of the foreign ones in the new zealand version is also very good um i have not watched the other foreign ones yet but uh you will get a lot of new favorite comedians from this and sometimes you see people you know noel fielding was on season four uh Ashling B from from that Paul Rudd show on Netflix where he was cloned. She's a contestant on season five. But then there's all these these wonderful new people you've never heard of. Uh, uh, Bob Mortimer from season five is a a real favorite. He's just this older man who has the the most most interesting brain. <laughs> I love him. Um, it's it's great. You just sit down and watch some Taskmaster. You'll have a great time. And one of the things I think is the funniest thing in the world is when, because they're, they're usually separated. They're all taking turns sort of like living in the Taskmaster house. And, you know, their their attempts are recorded over, I think, over quite a period of time. Because every once in a while they'll get a task that they have six months to, it'll be like, buy, a, get, buy the best gift for the Taskmaster. You have six months to complete this task. So... You know they're not aware of the other's progress or anything, and every once in a while there will be a a an absurd or or annoying task that's only given to one of them as a joke, and when they find out that's happened to them, it is it it makes me laugh harder than just about anything. It is, oh God, I love it. So yeah, that was that was a good recommendation, and I am now. Although you've, you've already heard it recommended if you heard that episode. I am reiterating support of Taskmaster. Um, if I wasn't watching so much Taskmaster, I'd maybe be watching some new shows and have recommendations ready for you. But look, that's not the world we live in. We live in the world where I've seen Ant-Man twice in, in, in the span of eight days. I'll see Cocaine Bear next week. Unless it really is too gross. And then, I don't know. Maybe I'll check it with my good friend Ant-Man and MODOK again. Uh, boy, I am, I, I am frustrated with how, how little new stuff I have taken in to tell you about. Um, you know what? Let me... I, I, I want to plug a thing I'm doing that I, I, is very fun and has seemingly not been noticed by anybody. And I talk about it always at the at the end, but I kind of blast through it. Uh, 
I am reading every issue of Marvel Comics Daredevil, a series that will hit its 60th anniversary next month, next year. Uh, and it will take me about two years to do it. I'm reading an issue a day on the on the Marvel app. Uh, for a variety of reasons, largely that I like Daredevil and I had never seen any Daredevil comics from before, like, 1979. There was one in my grandparents' house when I was a kid, and it was more later in life that I I, I got into some of the sort of the classic runs and the, the current stuff, but Daredevil history is largely unknown to me. And so I'm reading reading an issue every day, and then I post the cover on Instagram and write a, like, two or three sentence review and it is absolutely absurd. The early issues are 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 not good. Uh, they're very half-assed, and uh, they're they're getting weirder now. I'm I just read for today. I read issue fifty-nine, uh, which. There's this blind Vietnam vet that they started putting in the book fairly regularly, and he uncovers a criminal uh, crime ring by leaning on a door too hard. And then the crime boss hires a guy named Torpedo to kill him. And Torpedo talks like a cowboy, and he has a gas gun, and he wears a fedora with a razor blade in the brim. And it's such a weird combination of elements that don't add up to anything. And the, like the, one of the, things that made Marvel famous in the 60s were like the soap opera aspects you know you have to keep a secret from the person you love or you're tormented by this or that and Daredevil's was so one note he has two supporting characters and they have the hit the exact same beats every issue and then after a while he just uh, Daredevil's alter ego Matt Murdock just started pretending to be his non-existent twin brother Mike Murdock and then he let every started letting people know that Mike Murdoch was really Daredevil, and it it's 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 so weird and more complicated than it needs to be, and it just speaks to no actual plan, and it's just it was just Stanley going, I don't know, man, fine. <laughs> I I didn't have any ideas when I sit down to wrote it. Sure, he's his own twin brother. There's an issue where he's wearing four layers of disguises. And the main reason I'm thinking about it now was because I just read a string of issues where he finally confesses his love to uh, his secretary. Great, very professional. And also reveals to her that he's Daredevil. But he does this at her father's funeral. <laughs> and also, her father died fighting Daredevil. <laughs> and once she gets over uh, that particular party foul, uh, she, uh, he, she accepts his proposal and he tells her he's going to quit being Daredevil but then a guy on a motorcycle attacks a parade and he's realized his work is too important <laughs> what man would be selfish enough to know love in a world where, where men on motorcycles are attacking parades it's it's so dumb and I know it gets good at some point I don't know when that's going to happen um, and, and 
I just want to call my shot on this now. I'm realizing a recurring theme where villains die fighting Daredevil. And it's always in a way that he has plausible deniability. Uh, sometimes it's like, oh, he could have saved him, but whoops. And as of issue 59, it has happened six times. <laughs> and, you know, like I read a lot of 60s Spider-Man. I don't remember that ever happening. Or if it did, there was like a some some sci-fi aspect to it where it's like, oh, yeah, well, that, you know, they might not be dead, you know, like he's fighting a guy made of sand. Yeah, probably that guy's going to come back. But most of these guys fall off buildings. <laughs> and they're, they're just regular people fighting Daredevil. And they fall 30 stories and die. And I'm starting to think that might become a... Like when when later writers come on and are sort of aware of this this being a thing I wonder if that's going to get played up or parodied in some way but it is very funny to me that people keep dying in battle with Daredevil <laughs> I hope when he gets his Disney Plus show next year there's like four episodes that just end with the person he's fighting having a heart attack Anyway, I am doing that on my Instagram at EJ underscore Fettus. And then at the end of the month, I am doing longer write-ups of a, a whole month's worth of issues on the apive.com. So check that out. That's the thing I really enjoy that I'm doing. And you might like it. Give it a look. Uh, franchise report. Uh Due to feeling kind of bad this weekend, I did not watch Police Academy 2 because why would I do that to myself? Also, since the Aliens movie, there are eight Aliens movies and seven Police Academies, skipping a week on Police Academy means they'll end at the same time. So actually, it was good that I did this and not lazy. But that means that I did watch Aliens. I don't know if you know this, guys. Aliens is a good movie. I am not really a big Jim Cameron fan outside of the the Terminator the two Terminator movies and and also Aliens and like I have so little interest in Avatar that I thought maybe like something was just different in me and I was going to see Aliens for the first time in a long time and not care and no it's great a lot of the the stuff that really land, like that he does well is like, you know, in Titanic, they they start out in the present and there's that computer simulation of what happened when the Titanic hit the iceberg. So then when it happens in the movie, they don't have to explain it to you. It's happening. The thing they 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 explained happens and you have all that knowledge. So it doesn't have to slow down. It can just happen. And you you know uh, you know what the damage is and what's flood and why the ship is reacting that way, and there's a lot of that in Aliens. Like the the power loader is introduced really casually, but in a way that makes it clear, like, oh, okay, that's what you do with that thing. Here's where it's useful. Uh, they don't even stop to talk about it. They just kind of show you doing something in in an offhanded way that sticks in your brain, and it's it's really good storytelling. Um, I also remember it being I remember it being sort of wall-to-wall -wall action from the moment they touched down at the colony and it isn't they there is a a lot of atmospheric table setting 
which I am not saying as a negative. I like the the action scenes are so intense. That's what you remember. But like I remember most of the Marines dying within about three minutes of of getting there. And no, you spend a lot more time with them than I remembered. Um, it's it's tremendous, and uh, I think it's very funny in the first Alien movie. Ian Holm is uh, I can't think of his name now, but he is a uh, he turns out to be a robot. You don't know that. And then uh, Lance Henriksen, who plays Bishop in this one, is also a robot. Uh, along those same lines, except he tells you right away, <laughs> like there's no surprise reveal. And it would have been easy to just follow, to just make that a pattern where, oh, surprise, one of the cast members is a robot. And Lance Henriksen's like, yeah, I'm a robot. <laughs> a tired looking leathery robot. I love Lance Henriksen. He's such a great actor. He is maybe not the guy you would design a synthetic human to look like, but um, he's he's great. It's It is weird knowing that uh vasquez the uh one of the marines is uh <laughs> there's no good way to say it she's in brown face she she is not latina uh she is played by an actress named jeanette goldstein i don't know why they didn't either cast somebody of that ethnicity or else change her name but no it's it's brown face uh, which was not a big deal in 1986. And it's not super obvious now, but if you know it, you can't not see it. Um, but I I loved I loved watching it again. Uh, Paul Reiser is so gross and squirmy in it. It's great. Uh, next week, we got Alien 3, which is the first R-rated movie I ever snuck into. In fact, it is the... It is the only R-rated movie I ever snuck into because it, it did come out two weeks before my 17th birthday. So it would be weird if it was... <laughs> to, I guess it's weird that I called it the first because it's not like I spent those two weeks uh, uh, doing a lot of movie sneaking. But I will talk about that next week. I actually have life experience with Alien 3. And I will get to Police Academy 2, a slumber party mainstay from from years gone by. Um, I guess that's about it. Remember to check out uh, teasedbysummer.com for mugs, t-shirts. Um, uh, you got a water bottle. I should have said t-shirts first since that's in the name. But it's all great, and I would say more, except, as I noted, I am under a kind of tight time restriction, so I got to get this wrapped up. Uh, you can email the show at the ape. Uh, no, fedtalks at yahoo.com. Oh, my God. Uh, Twitter at EJ Fettis. Instagram, where I'm doing the Daily Dare Daredevil, is at EJ underscore Fettis. TikTok, EJ Fettis. I haven't done one for a while because the last two movies I saw, I did videos about without having seen them. So I can't really revisit. I almost need to see Cocaine Bear just so I can do a video about it. But I don't know what the joke will be yet. Um... Honestly, it's hard being an influencer. Uh, that, I think those are all my things. Um, I'm going to have a guest episode probably in two weeks where we talk about a short-lived TV show, and I'll announce what that show is next week. I don't know why I'm being secretive about it. You know what? It's better off Ted. How about that? 
there's 26 episodes. If you want to watch them, you'll need a little more time. I'm looking real forward to talking about that with a very good guest. Um, oh, man, I forgot the main thing I wanted to talk about was finding out that my friend Becky has only seen one James Bond movie, and it's A View to a Kill, which is objectively maybe the craziest one to be the only one you've seen because it would give you the weirdest idea of what a James Bond movie is. Uh, in her in her mind, it's, it's James Bond movies are about a, a very old man who, and, and villains who do Uzi murders. Uh, I might talk about that next time. That I've ever since I found that out is is it just makes me laugh so hard. I mean, probably a lot of people have only seen one James Bond movie. It's weird that it's that one. Roger Moore's last one. The sixty-year-old James Bond is fighting Grace Jones. <laughs> Christopher Watkins flying around in a blimp. Wow, that's I I love that. That absolutely tickles me. Um, in the meantime, if you can think of a weirder James Bond movie to be your only James Bond movie, uh, let me know. My pick actually would be Quantum of Solace, since it's a direct sequel to Casino Royale, to the extent it does not make sense unless you watched Casino Royale really recently. So if you hadn't watched it at all, I think you would be baffled by every single aspect of it. Um, also... Yeah, those, those those are my top two weirdest ones to be your first to be your only James Bond movie. But maybe oh no, Moonraker! Holy smokes, Moonraker! The one where he goes to space. Yeah, that's that can't be your only one. You would have no idea what this franchise was. All right, now I'm I'm over on time. I have something I have to do now. Uh, thank you for listening. I'll be back next week. I'll be a little better organized. Um, I'm going to try to watch some new things so I, I can recommend them. Or maybe I'll have a life experience. Um, and now I'm realizing I forgot to tell the story that was going to be the basis of the episode. So I will talk about it next week. I embarrassed myself. And we learned a little about who I am as a person. So that's your teaser. Thanks for listening. I will talk to you later. Bye. Fed Talks is a Full Boys production. Wah, 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 wah.